Good morning, Gator Nation. Welcome to a celebratory edition of the In All Kinds of Weather forecast. We got DJ Lagway, the quarterback of the future, five-star QB, beating out Lincoln Riley and Southern Cal and Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. Anytime you beat those two guys out for anybody, it is cause for celebration. There's a different element to it when it's a QB, an additional, additional element when it is a five-star QB. Florida got a big-time victory on the recruiting trail is the short way to put it. We're going to talk about that. We're going to celebrate it. We're going to break down what DJ Lagway brings. And there's other smoke that is brewing with other recruits on the recruiting trail right now. And we're going to talk about all of that shortly. I am Neil Shulman, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at All Kinds Weather, on Instagram at All Kinds Weather Blog, and on Facebook and YouTube under the name In All Kinds of Weather. My co-host Dustin Smith at IAKOW Dustin will be joining us shortly. My other co-host Chris Yanes at Mr. Chris Bits on Twitter will also be joining us momentarily. Couple of shout-outs before we get going. First, shout out to Gator Volleyball on yet another very good season. Reaching the Sweet 16 is always something to be celebrated. It sucked it had to end the way it did against a very good Pittsburgh team, but reaching the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament is never anything to be ashamed of. Y'all definitely rep that Gator logo well. Congrats on another strong season. Let's run it back next year and go even farther. Next, the Gator men's basketball program. Not off to a great start by any means. We have a lot of other things to get to today, but we can't just completely ignore the fact that Florida is 6-4 and four and struggling in Todd Golden's first year. First 10 games, not what we expected or hoped. It's not the Gator standard. This program is floundering right now. After losing to FAU at home, almost losing to FSU, needing a frantic second-half comeback to not lose to probably the worst FSU team of any of our lifetimes, Losing to West Virginia by 30 out in Oregon and then getting clobbered by a very good UConn team, but still not being competitive in a home game on your home floor. That that just should not ever happen for the Florida Gators. And it did happen in a 20-plus point loss to the Huskies on Wednesday night. So definitely some improvement that is needed there. We will definitely talk about that more on future podcasts. But before we get into the crux of our episode today, DJ Lagway, quick word about our sponsors slash partners. We are proudly partnered with the Gator Good Foundation. For those of y'all that are new listeners, Gator Good Foundation collects donations from fans and uses them to bring someone to his or her first ever Gator football game. We pay for flights, rental cars, hotels, swag, food, gear, and everything else that's needed to make sure that this recipient has the time of his or her life. If you believe that you or someone you know is worthy of the honor for 2023, please email us at GatorGoodFoundation at gmail.com. To donate to our cause, please go to our website, GatorGoodFoundation.com, and click on the Donate button. Second, we are proudly sponsored by Stingray Branding. These folks will put a sting into your marketing and deliver results that will wow your clients. Whether it's web design, logo design, branding, graphic design, social media management, search engine optimization, marketing strategy, or mobile app design, Stingray Branding has you covered. If you or someone you know needs professional help in any of the above, three great reasons why you should choose Stingray Branding. Number one, it is a veteran-owned business. Can't think of a better way to properly thank those who serve our country than by giving them business. Number two, it's run by a UF alum and big-time Gator fan. Number three, they've got the personal stamp of approval from in all kinds of weather because they did our new logo. They did our new website. 
They also did the Gator Good Foundation website. They did the Gator Collective website, and they did the Gator Collective logo, and they do all the marketing for the Charleston Area Gator Club. So if you're listening to this podcast and you need help in any of the aforementioned areas, rest assured Stingray Branding will more than take care of you. To view their services and rates, go to stingraybranding.com. And with that taken care of, Chris Yanes at Mr. Chris Pitts, Dustin Smith at IAKOW. Dustin, guys, not a normal recording time, but we got something we can't not talk about. DJ Lagway, a five-star quarterback in the class of 2024, is committed to the Florida Gators. Instant reactions from you guys are what? This is the best recruiting win maybe in 10 years at the University of Florida. It is definitely the biggest win thus far in the Billy Napier era, this was somebody we had to have to really take that next step in recruiting. I think Billy Napier and his staff have been very good recruiters, but they haven't been elite recruiters. This is the elite recruit that we've been waiting for for a long, long time. And we talked about setting the tone in 2024. This is the type of headliner that is going to bring in the best players across the country, other elite athletes of his caliber, to want to play for the University of Florida and play alongside him. So this is a a monumental win. Monumental. It had to happen. And kudos to the staff for identifying the guy they wanted to have in the class as their quarterback. They went out. They had a plan. They executed that plan. There were some big schools and quarterback coaches who have a proven record of developing quarterbacks in Lincoln Riley and Jimbo Fisher and Dabo Sweeney all have produced Heisman winners, Heisman finalists, national champion quarterbacks. Billy Napier, G5 Sunbelt Billy, went into the state of Texas and pulled him out to Gainesville. That just cannot be overstated enough. Like that, that is the significance of the win we just got now by bringing Lagway to the swamp in 2024. All right. So, Chris, you call this one of the biggest recruiting victories the Florida Gators have had in some time. That is a statement that you make not that long after Florida pulls off the shocking post midnight flip of Jaden Rashada away from the Miami Hurricanes after Florida thought that it was in pretty good shape to land Rashada to begin with. And Florida comes in the middle of the night, literally just sneaks in the middle of the night and takes him away from Miami. That was a pretty big recruiting win. You're saying that this one is even bigger. And I honestly don't even disagree. Dustin, what say you? Yeah, guys, it's monumental. I love that word. I'm actually driving through downtown Apopka right now as we celebrate this incredible get, this incredible win. I know we haven't been putting it together on the field but let me tell you something. This is going to set us apart for the next four years. Because not only is it having an impact on 2024, but it's going to have an impact on 2023. And we'll get to more of our breakdown and, and I'll get to some analysis on why I think Lagway is that type of player, that transcendent player, that player. You know, you look back at the, the Tim Tebow's and the Cam Newton's. Yes. I'm not fronting when I put Lagway in that same that same statement. He's that type of player. You watch his tape, it screams talent, and he's just a junior. He has an entire year to get better in high school. And not only is he 
that type of player on the field, but he's that type of player off the field. Lagway's intangibles, his passion for the game and his passion to make this 2024 recruiting class the best in the nation is really what stands out to me. I think that he's going to be a key peg in that. And I think we have a shot because of him to edge out a Georgia or an Alabama because of him, because of what he's going to do. Can we do it? Remains to be seen. But do we have that possibility? I think we do. And for that reason, I'm elated. Well, I think do we have that possibility and and can we do it is kind of the same thing. But I, I I'll pardon you for your elation in the moment, Dustin. You you also you used the same word that I used on Twitter, and I got a little bit of pushback for this and Facebook. I don't know why I say Twitter. Like I only run one social handle. Uh, I used the word transcendent when I posted my article on DJ Lagway. Transcendent. I will I will use the Merriam-Webster definition of the word transcendent. To prove that to the Georgia and Alabama fans and Clemson and USC and LSU and Miami and so on, that I'm not just capping here. From Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, transcendent, adjective, exceeding usual limits, surpassing, extending, or lying beyond the limits of ordinary experience, being beyond the limits of all possible experience and knowledge. I watched DJ Lagway's tape. Yeah, there are some things he has to get better at. We'll we'll touch on that. But then remember, he's only a junior. He's still got another full season of high school football to get better. He's a five-star as it is right now, and he's not a finished product. I mean, no one ever is, obviously, unless you're, you know, an all-pro. I guess Aaron Rodgers can say he's, you know, reached his prime. Tom Brady, we can say he's past it, but you're never a finished product until you're at least five, six, seven years out of college and in the NFL. He has so much room to grow, and some of that growth will come before he ever steps foot on a college football field, meaning what we see now, the Florida Gators are going to get a version of him that is better than what we see. So again, we'll talk about what he has to work on, but for, for a junior in high school, I mean, this this kid is making some pretty good defenses in Texas look pretty silly. Like Texas high school football is pretty good. I would say Florida, California, Texas, maybe Georgia. Uh, Clearly Florida, Texas, and California are the top three. And Lagway is tearing it up in Texas. So Florida goes into Texas, as Chris said, beats out Lincoln Riley, beats out Dabo Sweeney, beats out, and he had offers from Alabama, from Georgia, from Miami, from LSU, from Notre Dame, from Oregon, from Oklahoma. Everyone in the country wanted this kid. Don't forget about Baylor, who is his dad was actually a running back for Baylor. That's true. Baylor. Baylor wanted him too. That he had the legacy there. So literally everyone in the country wanted this kid. So when we say Florida beat out USC and Clemson for this kid, yeah, those are his other finalists, but he had interest from everybody else in the country and he ruled them out. And it was Florida that was the last team standing for him. So that is a monster victory for Florida. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this is just going to propel the 2024 class. We'll get into it later, but I actually believe that this can help us close strong in the 2023 class because who would not, one year later, looking down the road, say, this is my potential signal caller, either him or Jaden Rashada. So now in two consecutive cycles, we have pulled two of the best quarterback recruits in the entire country, and Jaden Rashada and in DJ Lagway, a high four-star and a solid five-star prospect. That that 
Billy Nager has now proven that he is an established quarterback recruiter. It remains to be seen if he is an established quarterback developer, but he certainly has two young arms now where he'll be able to prove that. He'll also take a transfer quarterback this coming season. So he'll have another opportunity. And you know what? Let's not shortchange it. He Anthony Richardson is going to the NFL. He is going to be a first-round draft pick. He could be a top-10 draft pick based on the skill set that he has. So was he a finished product of Billy Napier's? Not by any stretch of the imagination. No, he was not even close. But he still coached him. He definitely improved his game from one year to the next. And we definitely saw progress throughout the season in Anthony Richardson's game. So, But this is a true opportunity for Billy Napier to go out and find the signal caller that he wanted to run his offense. And it remains to be seen. But we we now know that Billy Napier can recruit. He can recruit the best. He can recruit elite football players. And I'm really eager to see how he closes out this 2023 class. And as we now get into the 2024 class, who follows? Who follows? There are a lot of great, talented guys that are considering Florida in that class. And I, I would not be surprised if you saw a guy like Miles Graham become a five-star. He's right there at the threshold of it. We potentially could already have two five-stars committed in this class, two top 30 players, according to 247, already in this class. I mean, that is an amazing start. So it, this was a win we had to have. And just big shout out to the staff for getting this done. Also, big shout out to the Gator Collective and everybody involved with NIL at the University of Florida. NIL played a major factor in this recruitment. Do not kid yourself. For those listening, you know, tonight, tomorrow, whomever, whenever you're listening to this, please, if you are not already, consider becoming a member of the Gator Collective because it is fan efforts like this that will help bring this program more elite recruits, more elite talent, Go to the Gator Collective website, sign up and become a member, because if you continue to do that, we will continue to rise above the rest and become the preeminent university for academics, athletics and name, image and likeness. And this recruitment highlights the possibilities of what it can do. So could not give a bit. I just felt we needed to do that, Neil uh, and Dustin. I feel like we needed to give a big shout out to the folks that are working behind the scenes really hard to make recruiting wins like this possible. And the Gator Collective is one of those entities that is making it happen. Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely got to shout them out. Uh, as someone that works for the company that does Gator Collective's marketing, I can verify pretty clearly that NIL had a lot to do with this one. So definitely shout out Gator Collective, Eddie Rojas, Jen Grosso, Darren Heitner, all the other people who have a major role in this that we don't have time to shout out because we would that would take up the whole pod time. Um, speaking of which, a couple of quick points before we move on. One, I don't know that I would use Anthony Richardson as an example of Napier developing a quarterback. He was very inconsistent this year, especially as a passer. And the last memory I have of him as a passer is him throwing 11 incompletions in a row against an FSU defense that isn't really that good. So I don't know that I'd use that to sing Napier's praise as a QB developer. I think that has a lot. Uh, there's a lot to be desired there and a lot of improvement to be shown there. The recruitment of guys, though, that I think he got to handpick. Because remember, he inherited Richardson. He is going out and he is selecting these guys, meaning he thinks that he can work with the talent that they've got and the tendencies and the preferences that they've got. He's not going to have to try to ram a square peg into a round hole there. That's number one. Number two, Miles Graham 
is not going to be a five-star because anytime someone's on that border and they commit to Florida, we all know what happens. They wind up getting bumped down to a four-star. And the same thing with DJ Lagway. Do not be surprised if he gets that bumped down to a four-star just because that's what happens. We have – how long has this been going? It's been, it's been 15 years or so of, of these rankings being in existence. We have 15 years of data showing us that. Do not be discouraged. Do not be fooled if you see either of them drop in the rankings. Those two guys are ballers, and they are guys that can have major impacts at the University of Florida – uh, and yeah, so speaking of, let's talk about why DJ Lagway is such a big win. It's not because of the number of stars he has. It's not because of that that ninety seven whatever number he has on two four seven sports. There's a lot of ninety eight seven five ninety eight seven five. Okay, that has nothing to do with why I like him. I like him because of his game tape. He can throw the ball. He can run the ball. He's a smart dude. He makes good decisions on tape. Chris, you've been high on this guy from the get-go. You get first crack at this. What say you about the tape of DJ Lagway? You know, it's a really impressive tape. I remember when we it first came out that we were recruiting him, I instantly wanted to go see, you know, what it looked like. And, I mean, this guy's a playmaker. He's a playmaker all over the field. He's put together games where he's had seven total touchdowns, both on the ground and through the air using his arm and legs. He, he is a guy that is a dual-threat quarterback in every sense of the word. I think I've seen comparisons between former players like Hendon Hooker, Justin Fields, similar body types that can run the ball, can throw on the run, and and definitely stretch the field. Uh, and, and his game tape shows that. He's got a nice quick release, which I like. I think it's really important. I think one of the most impo- impressive things, though, for me is just the massive jump in completion percentage from his sophomore to his junior season. And he's still not even done yet. He could have a bigger jump in his senior season. He went from 55 to 67% from his sophomore to his junior year. You know, 67% is already an impressive completion percentage for a high school prospect against some of the best athletic talent in the country that's in the state of Texas. So he, he definitely has the ability to stretch the field, both with his arm and his legs. He's a physically imposing guy. A, a a solid 6'2", 225 pounds, can definitely fill that frame out even a little bit more in a college weight room when he gets to campus, who can be, you know, definitely go deliver a blow, can and make, you know, defenders think twice about going to make that tackle. So, you know, we're going from Anthony Richardson, who was an electric playmaker with his legs, and we're bringing in another one, and DJ Lagway, he can do the exact same thing. Now, these are not the same players. You know, I think that his athletic ability might not be at the same caliber, maybe as an Anthony Richardson, but I think he has the opportunity to be a better pure passer. And, you know, with that, I think there's a, there's a lot of opportunities for him to grow. He's a much more polished quarterback prospect than any of the major recruits that we've brought in in recent memory to the University of Florida. I mean, this is the highest rated quarterback commit we've gotten since Jeff Driscoll. I mean, that Jeff Driscoll was a five-star quarterback, too, around the same rating, had similar game tape from high school. But, I mean, you just watch his game tape. You look at his statistics, his completion percentage. He's far ahead of where he was uh, as a high school prospect coming to UF, as well as people like Anthony Richardson who came to UF. So, you know, you look at his film, it's impressive for a junior. That's why he's earned that five-star rating. That's why he's earned, you know, depending on what outlet you look like, as high as the second highest quarterback in the entire country. And he's got room to grow in the next season. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to watch him next season uh, play again in the state of Texas. And, and let's see what he can do 
with another year of improving. And and then, you know, hopefully he decides to early enroll and then, you know, maybe he can get a little bit better from there before he even takes a snap. Yeah, still remains to be seen if he will early enroll. Quarterbacks do a lot uh, just because they're the leaders of the class and they want to you know, lead by example, so to speak, and recruit the guys that they're going to be playing with. So, Dustin, you're the former QB. What say you? Yeah, guys, as as I mentioned before, I'm elated that he's, he's a, a Gator, that he committed to the Gators. And here's why. There's really three, three things that scream at me when I watch his tape. Number one, He's a dual threat quarterback. The guy is is athletic, but man, his fluidity, when he has the ball in his hands, his fluidity and decisiveness is impeccable. Many times you see a sophomore, junior in high school, and yeah, they have the athletic tools. They might be fast. Um, they might be able to outrun guys, but the but what he does with the ball in his hands is nothing short of spectacular for for a high school quarterback um the, the the one way to describe it is fast twitch now i'm not going to go out on a limb and say that he's Kadarius tony but when you watch his tape and you watch him run the ball he has a Kadarius tony type twitch if that makes sense now the thing i want to focus on and the reason why he's the uh a five-star quarterback it's not even because of the dual threat the dual threat ability is icing on the cake. He would be a five-star quarterback if he ran a a five and a half a five and a half second forty and did it and couldn't run a lick. And that's because he can throw the ball. His accuracy and ball placement is impeccable, impeccable, incredible. His ability to get the ball in the right spot and that is perfectly encapsulated with his completion percentage. My number one concern for him coming into this junior season for him was completion percentage because he didn't have the best completion percentage during his sophomore season. But he's at 67%, as Chris mentioned, and that is pretty darn good for a high school quarterback when more often than not, some it, your, your, your receivers are you're – not, you're not throwing to uh, – to um, NFL receivers. So they're going to drop it every now and then. So 67% is incredible for a high school quarterback. And number three, his arm strength. Now the guy plays baseball. Most of the time you have a five-star quarterback who also has baseball experience. More often than not, that that quarterback is going to have an, an incredible arm. This guy has the, 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 the ball, the, the velocity, and the strength to get the ball to anywhere on the field. And he can make every throw. My One of my biggest gripes with Anthony Richardson is Anthony Richardson had trouble putting touch on the ball. Lagway puts touch on the ball like, like I haven't seen for a junior quarterback in high school. He puts the ball on the money, and it's at the right velocity, and it's – just the right amount of touch. My my only nitpick with him, you know, besides some things that he'll clean up, you know, obviously he needs another year to, to kind of continue to learn football and, and, and get better as a quarterback. But it's that he has that baseball throwing motion. You know, we've seen it before with to a different extent, but guys like Tim Tebow and other other 
quarterbacks that have played. Um, you know, I, I know I know Gator Nation hates this name, but Jameis Winston, who was also a a, a two sport athlete, he also kind of had that that throwing motion. Uh, but that's the least of our worries. If he gets the ball to the right spot and he makes plays and he's a leader, I think we have a great quarterback on our hands. Yeah, I mean, I agree with pretty much all of that. Uh, the fast twitch runner comment is one that I didn't think of this at the time when I was first watching his tape, but hearing the words fast twitch paired with the tape rolling back in my head again, don't take this the wrong way, but as a runner, not as a thrower, not as a QB, not as a decision maker, as a runner, I see a little bit of Emory Jones in him. He's not quite as fast. He's he's pretty fast, but the fast twitch ability, the ability to go from you know having having the feet set, looking like he's ready to throw, maybe hopping up and down on his feet, the acceleration from that point to where he's just a pure runner is very very quick. He gets from zero to a hundred pretty quick as a runner. So I, I like that about him. The throwing motion is a bit weird. It's it's a little Russell Wilson esque. Uh, it's it's got to be a little bit more pure. He might find himself getting strip sacked a bit if he's if he's dropping the hand too low, which he does sometimes. Uh, but he is a guy that I think can be coached. He seems like a very intelligent quarterback. So assuming that you know he takes the coaching, he adjusts to you know, not being able to do certain things in the SEC that he can do in high school, such as dancing around and delivering some balls on the run, like while he's in mid dance in the backfield to just sort of sling it sidearm just because he can in high school. The first time he gets hit and, you know, gets stripped in, in college, it's going to cost Florida quite dearly. So he's going to have to learn, you know, what he can and can't do at college at the college level that he could do in high school. But I think if once he goes through that learning curve, Florida's got themselves a baller. I think the ceiling is very, very high for him. The accuracy on a lot of his throws is very good. He throws a lot of different routes all very well. Uh, I mean, the slant is probably the easiest route to throw, but he throws that about as well as he throws the back shoulder fade, which has a lot of timing mechanisms you know, baked into it. So the fact that he's throwing all these different routes on the route tree all very well is a very, very promising sign for us. So, yeah, Florida got a baller. As I as I said on social, as I said in the article, Florida got a transcendent quarterback. So that's the good news. The bad news, I wouldn't say, actually, I wouldn't say it's bad news, but the thing that the the negative Nancys, the uh the Debbie Downers, the the rival fans who are all trying to you know pour cold water on this are all saying, and to a degree, they're right. They have a point here. There are 12 months between now and the time when he will eventually put pen to paper. The residual sign day is 14 months away. So if he doesn't early enroll, that's that's 14 months in which he could potentially be swayed away. What do we think about the likelihood that this commitment eventually does stick and he does put pen to paper for the Florida Gators? I mean, you got to look at the track record thus far, Billy Napier. When his staff gets a commitment, they hardly ever lose it. We've had very few, if any, I think, since he's gotten here. And of course, they haven't gotten as elite of a prospect since he's gotten here. But I think this is this is a kid that comes from a fantastic family. They bought into the vision of what not just Billy Napier, and we're gonna give some credit here to some other folks that we haven't talked a lot about, but Ryan O'Hara played a huge piece into this recruitment. People people were all like, Oh, Billy Napier didn't hire a quarterback coach. They hired this guy that's off the field. 
Brian O'Hara is making a difference, actually, in that quarterback room and now in the recruitment of quarterbacks at the University of Florida. And also Joe Hamilton. And don't take it from me. Take it from DJ Lagway's father, who said that exactly after the commitment. He said that both of those guys were instrumental in that. So I think that the family has formed a very strong bond to this coaching staff, as well as the support staff. I think that the NIL component is there. They, he sees the vision of what Billy Napier is building at Florida. So, and I and I just think that there's a strong track record of of keeping commits. Like this staff, it, it's why you build an army. You don't just stop recruiting kids after you've got their commitment. Case in point with the 22 we have right now, and as our coaches have been cross, crisscrossing the country, following up with them, every single one of them, guys like Kelby Collins, Jakeem Jackson, who are being courted still by Alabama and Miami, respectively. You know, they're going to continue to recruit DJ Lagway up until signing day, uh, whether that's 12 months away, 14 months away. I, I would lean that he's probably going to sign on early signing day. Of course, anything can change between now and then. But every, I have a full confidence in this staff. They're going to maintain this commitment. And the only way to get somebody really committed is to get them engaged. What has DJ Lagway been doing ever since he's gotten committed now to Florida? Tweeting at other recruits to say, hey, come play with me. Not just for 2024 kids, but 2023 kids. So he's highly engaged. He's highly active on Twitter. I think he's ready to be the leader of this class and to build it. And as we continue to build more momentum, by getting more commitments because of him in the 2024 class, it's going to be harder to pull him away from it. So I, I feel pretty strong and confident that we're going to be able to keep this commitment, but that, that that's going to require the staff to, to go the extra mile the whole way until pen is on paper and the ink is dry. Chris, I agree with you a thousand percent. The reason why Lagway committed so early, the reason why he's, brought his commitment in right now and he didn't wait is because, and he said it, I'm not speaking hyperbole. This is what he said. He wants to build the number one recruiting class. He wants to build that. So there's no surprise, Chris, that he's tweeting at other top players. There's no surprise that he's linking up with Miles Graham and getting at other players it's because he wants to build something at the university of florida and when you do that that says a lot about his heart and his passion for the university of florida his commitment to the university of florida you know sometimes people are 100 committed but other times people are 1000 committed what's the difference both are big numbers. 100% should be like, I'm all in. But you know what I mean. Like, this guy is committed. Now, now let's kind of take a step back. Let's let's take the orange and blue glasses off and our, you know, you know, you know how excited I am. And, and let's just let's just look at the facts. Okay. If Lagway is visiting other schools and he's he's taking in-home visits and stuff from other big time coaches. Then we need to take a step back and, and, and wonder what's going to happen. We're going to find out a lot over the next few months even in how he recruits. As a big-time high school recruit, which he is, he's going to have some opportunities to go to some junior days. Um, there's some big-time recruiting events uh, 
before the residual signing day. You know, because it is the residual signing day, and a lot of people already basically cement their class in December. Those official that that period for official visits in January, a lot of times you're taking in juniors, and you're you're um you're having that that type of experience for juniors. So we'll see what happens. You know, if he's still going to USC, if he's still going to these other schools, then we might we might take a step back. But if he's not, if he shut it down at that point, I think we'll have a big picture on what's going to happen for him. Yeah, I, I think both of y'all are right. I think that he is pretty solid to Florida as far as commitments do go. This does strike me as one that is going to stick more likely than not. I would caution everybody, though, that this commitment is that this recruitment is not over and it's not close to it because in the age of NIL, anyone could come along and drop a humongous bag and completely turn the recruitment upside down. It does not appear to me as though the lagways are the kind of people that would be swayed by that and that the decision would be altered by that. But just be cognizant of that, that this commitment is not pen to paper it's worth celebrating, but there is still a full year to go. If things crater next year, because remember, Florida is going to have a lot of new players. If they don't all pan out, Florida loses a lot of close games and they go six and six again. And meanwhile, Lincoln Riley and USC or Dabo Sweeney and Clemson are on the doorstep of the playoffs again. I have to think that he will at least be listening. I'm not saying he's going to have his mind change, but he won't completely shut down his ears. They will still be open to at least hearing what other schools have to say hopefully i'm wrong on that and he is the kind of guy that just says nope i'm done it's over i'm a gator i don't care what anyone else says or does this is done but you know it's just natural for a 16 17 year old kid with all that talent uh to to open his ears and listen to what other schools who are more successful than the school he's currently committed to have to say hopefully it does not come to that now florida is still hot on the trail for other guys right now there is some some smoke building with Samson Akunlola, the five-star offensive lineman who is got a bit of a rep for uh, for, be, for for being a pancake chef. That's that's sort of his thing on social media. Uh, the, some buzz building about a few other guys as well. Uh, a little bit of buzz about John Walker from Central Florida. Guys, real quick, we'll go into this more in detail when we do our signing day talk. But real quick for now, what do we think about the smoke that's building about? in specific, these two guys and also other guys across the class? I think we're, we're starting to peak at the right time. There, there is a lot of buzz happening in the air. And I, there was some alarm bells that rang early in the week, and rightfully so, when it became apparent we were going to play the bowl game on the last Saturday of possible official visits. Well, this staff scrambled, and I think they saw the writing on the wall, and they've got guys lined up to be coming into town in droves this weekend. We're going to be putting out on our recruiting Twitter account later a full official visit list and all the visitors that will be coming this Saturday. But as Neil mentioned, Samson Akunluna, is that how we say it? I think that's how we say it. Akunlola. Akunlola. I'll have to get used to that because hopefully he commits to Florida. Guys like him are going to be coming into town this weekend. And it's going to be a really solid recruiting official visit weekend. We could not get his commitment without getting him on campus. Hopefully more also follow. We'll see what happens. But the fact that we are his last official visit, and then just a few days later, he's not even waiting till signing day, not even waiting till the following weekend, he's going to be committed. 
So that is huge news for the University of Florida. The news on him gets better and better. He's the type of class that you finish 2023 with. We need at least one five-star in the 23 class. It would be nice to get two or three to, to be on that historical average of those bump classes. Because I can tell you, if we get just one five-star, we have a shot at a, a top five class. If we get two, we're definitely going to have a top five class. So it is pivotal, pivotal that this official visit goes well with him. And then we get guys like Jordan Hall. We get guys like John Walker. We need trench monsters. We need to load up on the trenches, both on the offensive side and the defensive side. It's a line of scrimmage league in the SEC. Those guys can make a major difference in making sure that we're ready to go. And they they are the type of players that can make an early impact. We saw what Chris McClellan, who was a former top 100 recruit last year at the University of Florida, what he did, can do. These are the caliber of athletes we're looking at in Jordan Hall and then John Walker. They can make a difference year one. Samson can make a difference year one. We're losing potentially Richard Garage. We're still waiting to hear what he's going to do. If he leaves, we need a tackle. And why not have a guy come in and step in with Austin Barber, who played a great year, with uh, you know some of the other guys that we have coming back on the offensive line next year. We, we're, we're probably have, I think, at least three to four guys that were starters. That, that That's, that's going to be huge. And we got to take a step forward next season. We can't wait. We we mentioned it on the last pod. We can't go back and do six and six or seven and five. This has got to be a minimum eight and four, nine and three season next year. And the only way to do that is to close strong in this recruitment class because more this roster is flipping. We're going to see some major turnover in this roster through both the portal and the high school ranks. And they're going to have to make a difference in year one. So an only way to do that, though, is to get difference makers to sign in two weeks. Instant impact difference makers, not sophomore yeah. or junior year impact guys. But yeah, uh, Dustin, real quick, what say you? Yeah, I'm super excited about Sampson. He's an incredible offensive lineman. And the fact that he's going to be committing right after his official visit with Florida, that goes an incredibly long way. And another player that, that I want to bring out is Quay Russo. He is going to be potentially one of the one of the biggest gets that we have on the defensive side in fact if we do get him he would be the highest ranked defensive player um, in our in our recruiting class and I think that he's essential for completing that defensive line yes a uh, a Walker would be awesome but if we get Russo a guy who is incredibly speedy a guy who has a knack getting to the quarterback, I think we're going to be set. You want to talk about a top five class? I think that does it. I don't have the class calculator in front of me, but you add in a Samson and you add in a, a Rousseau, I think you're pretty much there. And then on top of that, you know, again, nothing confirmed, but I've been hearing down the grapevine, Malik Bryant is – not incredibly thrilled with the situation at Miami. So, you know, if the right opportunity comes open at Florida, hint, hint, I think that he may look at uh, flipping to Florida. I think Florida is probably, uh, you know, more, I think Florida looks as good a, looks as good as anybody else in, in terms of that recruitment. So I think we have a lot to be excited about between now and early signing day in, in uh, a little over a week. And, a lot and just of really quick, in the fire too. Dustin, just really quick to your point, I have the calculator pulled up. If we land at Samson, we would be 
just a point shy of top five. If we landed Quelver saw, we'd be actually top three. Now, that's, of course, without other schools getting commitments, which I'm sure they will. But that tells you what it's going to take to get that top five class. This is where I let you guys just go off with your with you know with your with your calculations. I, I, I get it. I, I do understand, you know, numbers do mean a lot. And you know, historically speaking, if you rank X, then your chances of being successful are Y. I understand that. I don't really care if Florida finishes fifth or sixth or seventh. If they land those two guys, if they land forget Rousseau, if they land Malik Bryant and Samson Akunlola and they get John Walker. I don't really care what the number is. Florida just added three big time pieces to its roster in 2023, especially in the case of Akunola. Florida gets an immediate impact guy on the offensive line. John Walker, another one on the defensive line. I don't know that he's different position. Obviously, I don't know that he's quite the instant impact guy that Akunola is on the offensive side of the ball, but I could definitely see him getting meaningful reps and, and playing very well for Florida. I don't know that he'll be a freshman All-American, but he could be a significant piece for the Gators on the defensive line. So definitely a lot to talk about, definitely a lot to look forward to as we hit the home stretch before National Signing Day, the, the formerly known as the early National Signing Day. It is now the main one. We call the one in February the residual one, but things looking good for the Gators regardless. Definitely says a lot about Samson that he is committing right after his visit to Florida. We have seen that go the other way. There was a commitment uh, in this past off season where so a certain someone came to Florida for a visit, left his visit and then committed to FSU. We know how things turned out after that, but in any case, usually that does bode well for the school that is hosting the kid right before he pulls the trigger. So, Lots to talk about, lots to think about. Uh, with that being said, that's all we've got today for the All Kinds of Weather Forecast. If you enjoyed our show, please give us a five-star rating and a nice review on Apple Podcasts. We would always appreciate that. Chris, Dustin, look forward to getting back with y'all soon and talking more about the Gators because, thankfully, with Billy Napier, Katie Turner, Bree Wade, Ryan O'Hara, Joe Hamilton, all the guys we've talked about and more that we don't have the time to mention, and thanks to the Gator Collective, recruiting is a 12-month-a-year thing. There's no such thing as a recruiting season. It is 365 yeah. days a year. Well, deal. One more thing. I think... Getting DJ Lagway. You got to do it, man. Got to do it. Do it. Nope. You ready? Go Gators! We got a quarterback! We back, baby! We back! We doing it! Number one class next year! Top five class this year! Let's go Gators! Woo! Yeah! Absolutely love it. That is precisely the kind of energy that is surrounding the Gator football program right now. Dustin with the five-star QB Selly on the pod to cap it off. Absolutely love it. Go Gators. We beat Clemson. We beat USC for a guy that they both really, really wanted. Future is bright. Let's close this class strong. And hopefully there will be real reason to have optimism for results on the field next year and in years to come.